You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily podcast on the New Orleans Pelicans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to an emergency edition of Locked On Pelicans. Yes, news recently breaking that General Manager Dell Demps of the New Orleans Pelicans is fired. He is out. The team has decided to make a change. And this should come as no real surprise to anyone that's followed this team over this Anthony Davis saga, knowing that this has finally all come to a head. And the Pelicans look to be making this move maybe around the all-star break right now where there's no real media in town, no real media focus on them. And they can kind of just dump this, move on, and start to regroup, give themselves a little bit of a head start. Now with everyone in Charlotte talking about the immediate opening that's going to be here in New Orleans and what this team is going to be looking to do. So let's look at the tenure of Dell Demps. And the first thing we've got to do is he's been here for nine years now and has amassed a a a record of 310 wins, 388 losses. That's under 45% winning percentage during his tenure. He presided over the failed Chris Paul trade and then the Chris Paul trade, there we go, that sent him to the Los Angeles Clippers. He drafted Anthony Davis, and of course we all know Anthony Davis wants out now. So part of this is because AD wants out and that now it looks like he's wasted seven years of Anthony Davis, couldn't build a consistent winner around. Him And I can tell you, sources close to Anthony Davis that I have spoken to said that his lack of trust and lack of faith in general manager Dell Demps was a huge reason that he wanted out, that he just didn't think that this was the man to put a consistent winner around him. This is a guy in Anthony Davis who said, let me go to the Knicks who have lost 18 straight games and thinks they represent a better chance of winning going forward than the New Orleans Pelicans do. That tells you all you need to know about what Anthony Davis thinks about the management of this team and the long-term feature of this team under Dell Demps. I've also heard that maybe if Dell Demps had been fired two, three, four years ago, what have you, that maybe, you know, you never know, we could have avoided this situation. AD certainly wanted any excuse to stay here and making the playoffs twice in his tenure with no real way to upgrade this team going forward. They tried. They went after Jimmy Butler. They went after other guys and just didn't have the picks the young players or any of the ammunition that you need to swing one of those deals. And because of that, he kind of looked around. And I think that's one of the reasons why he escalated his timeline for wanting out. Certainly with Davis requesting a trade a week before the trade deadline, that sent kind of a shock up through all of the organization that maybe woke them up a little bit when they started to realize we have to make a move. They obviously needed someone to navigate them through the trade deadline. The guy who's more or less the president of basketball operations kind of here in Mickey Loomis, who's the Saints general manager, doesn't really have the expertise to kind of navigate the one around the NBA, though he is a good negotiator, particularly in the NFL. But it's different things here. So they kept general manager Dell Demps through that. And now I think just want to maybe instill some confidence in their fan base, who's been calling for Demps's head for a while now, and admittedly so. So You've got to look at kind of the way he built this team and how the Pelicans got to this point, and I think that's important when you're trying to evaluate it. I've seen recently a lot of people trying to def- try and defend Dell Demp, saying that kind of in a vacuum, a lot of his moves make sense. And I, 
To an extent, I agree with that, but this still is the guy who signed Solomon Hill to four years, you know, $48 million, who signed Omer Ashik to that big deal on the opening night of free agency, who signed Alexia Jinsa to a $20 million deal on the opening, the second day of free agency, something like that, without really kind of negotiate, letting them test the market or negotiate with others. But this is also still the person who did swing the trade for DeMarcus Cousins. He did trade for Nikola Miritich, and that needs to be taken into account too. He's actually improved as a GM since a lot of those early mistakes. Some of that improvement as a GM was actually to kind of get out of that Omer Ashik deal and you had to attach a first round pick to that to get the um, uh, player in Miritich. And you've got to wonder what could that first round pick have gotten by itself if you weren't attaching it to a negative asset like Omer Ashik. You might have gotten a better player than Miritich. Miritich was really good for New Orleans, but the good that he's done recently doesn't necessarily take away from the bad. And the bad's what put the Pelicans in this situation in this year, unable to upgrade the team. A year where you kind of knew Anthony Davis hung in the balance, they swung no major trade. They tried. They tried to move for a guy like Jimmy Butler, but ultimately weren't able to get anything done because of the assets. So how did they get here? And this goes to kind of the core philosophy of Dell Demps once Anthony Davis was drafted. And that's that a rookie usually takes three years to kind of really influence a team's win total. He's come on the record and said this. So instead of waiting for, you know, uh, for three years and kind of being patient through the draft, getting a couple running mates for AD, they looked at Anthony Davis and saw a guy who could help them win in a year and a half. They really thought his timeline was significantly accelerated compared to other rookies. And maybe they were right and maybe they were wrong, but it doesn't matter for the sake of this. And so because of that, they looked for guys who were more on his timeline rather than younger players who would take longer to help the team win. This is where, and you may have heard it, comes from the young vets model. That's why they made that draft day trade for Drew Holiday, why they signed Tyreek Evans in free agency and made move after move that was kind of looked at towards winning now. I push back on the idea that ownership came in with this huge mindset of you must win now. This is something that Dell Demps wanted because he saw Anthony Davis as a guy who was a win now player and not a let's wait to see him develop and take our time with this type of player. You, the way I look at him is he was the general manager and the president of basketball operations. Yes, he answers to Mickey Loomis, Saints GM, and kind of head of all things basketball at the very top. But Loomis is more or less a, a mouthpiece for ownership when it comes to the basketball side. He's always said, I don't do much and I don't know much. I've had multiple people even tell me that I know more about the NBA than he does. When Demps goes to him with the idea of this is what I want to do, this is why I want to do it, Loomis is saying yes or was saying yes because he didn't know any better and essentially you had this GM that was kind of unchecked for an extended period of time and so he went down this path of trading draft picks for young guys swung the big trade with DeMarcus Cousins which I have no complaints about I don't think you'll hear anyone complaining about that but it led them to this situation this year where they were unable to upgrade look at what Philadelphia did this year they traded for both Jimmy Butler and Tobias Harris within a six-month period that's because they had young guys on cheap deals and other draft picks because they had been smart and patient. And that's what the Pelicans should have done. So you Dempsey's moves in a vacuum. If you buy into this, Anthony Davis will help you win in a year and a half thing. And we need to accelerate this right now. Certainly that is a good kind of strategy to go about, but ultimately it left the Pelicans with zero flexibility and no salary cap room. And the one year they had it, he used it all on Solomon Hill and each one more. Each one more's kind of worked out. Solomon Hill is Solomon Hill. So that's kind of the problem. I have issues with the basics 
of everything he's kind of built this team on. This team would have been better building through the draft. You draft Anthony Davis, you get one or two other young guys over time, and then you have them kind of on different schedules in terms of their contracts. AD's in his second contract, coming up on his third. Well, you still have a guy on a young, cheap rookie deal before his second contract when their salaries start to balloon. Gives you flexibility, something the Pelicans have not had in years. And ultimately, I think Anthony Davis looked at the team because of it and said, yeah, they're not going to improve because there's no way for them to improve. And that's how we ended up where we are today. So coming up in a second here, we're going to look at two things. One, the bad luck that did play a role in this Dell Demps tenure. And there's no getting around that. And also, where do the Pelicans go from here? So we're going to talk about that in just a moment. So yes, it's difficult to evaluate Dell Demps because kind of some of his moves make sense, but some of them don't. And, you know, if you believe in the core philosophy he had, you, you probably don't hate this and you just think it didn't work out. But if you do, then you have an issue with it, which is what the opinion I have now because it's led him to that lack of flexibility. But there have been a ton of injuries here that make it really hard to evaluate his tenure. You had injuries to Eric Gordon for years and years and years. He was a big part of the Anthony Davis trade. You had injuries to Drew Holiday and then the personal matter that kept him out for 15 games a season or two seasons ago. You had multiple smaller injuries, no huge injury to Anthony Davis that had him in and out of the lineup. You had the devastating injury to um, DeMarcus Cousins when that team felt like they could have competed with the Warriors in the Western Conference. You had injuries to Ryan Anderson. You had injuries to Tyreek Evans. One year, Tyreek played less than 25% of the game uh, of the games that season. Just constant things that forced new lineups and different things like that that have made it really hard for this core group of guys that he built, say that original uh, big group of guys of Davis, Holiday, and um, as I'm blanking, Evans here. And... They never really played together, so who knows how good they could have been. But you know what? Injuries are part of the game, and the fact that this team has had such little depth over this tenure here speaks to the lack of things that he's done and failures on his part. Maybe you can't survive tons of big injuries and things like that, but they shouldn't have been as objectively bad as they could have been during some of this stretch. And when one guy went down, it just completely derailed the season. That's not exactly what you want to have. And sure, injuries are the great equalizer in the NBA, but you, they're still part of the game. And I get it. And maybe this team's had more so than normal. And you've got to wonder what happens if they have even remotely regular injury luck. But they didn't. And at the end of the day, you've got to look at results. And when you have a GM whose record is 310 and th uh, wins and 388 losses, it's not good. And it's simple as that. So, where does this Pelicans team go from here? And I think now this is the first start of this team cleaning house. You're going to see some restructuring on the front office side. I don't know about head coach Alvin Gentry. I'd say, you know, it's potentially stays or goes, and I haven't seen anything on that yet today. So maybe that has something to do with it here. We'll wait and see. But certainly I think um, the front office is getting entirely restructured. I think you will see Mickey Loomis lose his, t his basketball side of the title and he can just go back to focusing on the Saints. And this team will hire a president of basketball operations or some sort of role, I don't know if it's going to be officially called that, that oversees the GM. A guy who knows basketball more to know if the GM's doing a good or bad job and can kind of reject uh, or fire or hold accountable the GM a little bit more if 
they're not doing a good job to avoid whatever superstar maybe they have next from getting to this point. Then I think you'll see a GM come in and then it'll be up to the GM if he wants to keep Alvin Gentry or not, but I'm sure this is all kind of up in the air right now. So we'll see how this all goes, but it's certainly the start of a restructuring for the Pelicans in the front office. And I think that's important because you need to sell your fans on something right now and they need to have something to believe in and they haven't had that for a while now and we know that the current front office structure has not worked this team needs to invest the right resources and bring in the right people which they've not had in place for a while now again this is part of the reason anthony davis has wanted out so this is where we are with dell demps out now that break in today and we'll see where this team goes from here. We still get a couple of days off from the All-Star break. Lord knows we all need it here in New Orleans right now. But Dell Demps out. Again, a record of 310 and 8 and 388. Not ideal. Anthony Davis wants out. We know that part. Definitely the right move for the Pelicans to part ways with their longtime GM. So thank you all for listening. As always, I'm the host of the Locked On Pelicans podcast, Jake Madison at Nola Jake on Twitter. If you're listening for the first time, please make sure you listen and subscribe. There's a whole lot going on here in New Orleans. It has been an interesting ride. You want to keep up to date on it. No better way than the Locked on Pelicans podcast. So thank you all for listening. Again, Jake Madison at Nola Jake on Twitter. I'll be back with you all next time.